I'm doing well, despite, uh, you know, I, I too was affected by the news of Hall and Oates. You know, when are we going to see the mitt play? You make my dreams together again. Now well, that it's not the Leafs goal song, I can get back to enjoying what is an absolute bop by Hall and Oates. Well, I, ju- I just, I don't understand why two guys who have made so much money together, like, but I guess maybe, because guys get grumpy when they get older, right? Like, that does happen. Sure, yeah, 100%. <laughs> I mean, like... It's, it's, it's the end of an era, you know? Yeah, like, is Wanye the same guy as when you met him? Or Jay? Or Gregor? Um. Yeah, you know what? I'd say all three <clears throat> of those guys are pretty much the same as when I met them, yeah. They're not so grumpy I, yet. I, it's, I, they're getting there. Matter of time. Yeah, I mean, Gregor's got a Gregor's got a new haircut. I really enjoy the way he's looking these days. So maybe that's fresh. Maybe that's uplifting him a little bit. But uh, other than that, I think they're pretty much the same. I told him I liked his haircut, and he said a bad word to me. Well, that sounds rude. So I maybe, do, totally. you know what? maybe that's proof of concept that he is getting grumpy. I maybe think this it is, is what we needed. I think it is. I think that I think the bet he he won't ever make another bet that he doesn't want to for the rest of his life. This is this is a learning process for Gregor. I would say. I would agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the. Let's first of all just talk about the Edmonton Oilers. Um, it is Gregor that has this news, but they're you know they go in nine in a row and they've been around forty four years and this is blue rare. This is outstanding. Like fans are watching something. It's such an abnormal year, but. When the tide is high, it's very good. Yeah, I mean, how could you really describe the season we're having? Because, you know, I've been covering the team for 14, 15 years at Oilers Nation now. And it seems like a long time, but I've never seen anything like this. And I was actually surprised to see that the Oilers have never had a 10-game win streak. I mean, Al, you watched the Gretzky years. Isn't Mm -hmm. that kind of almost stunning in a way that those teams weren't able to do it? It is, and I remember them, and they broke all kinds of records. Uh, but you, you know, and you would think that that would have been something that they accomplished over the years. But you know, they did. There were some good teams. Calgary always had a good team. There were some good teams in the league. Boston. There's about five that could win the Stanley Cup. Montreal, any given year, uh, and you know, probably they met one of those teams. There were the best teams in the league for real playing the good teams. How many um, years of experience Anthony Davis has? Ask you, you see that power dribble up the years. That's a pub. That's a long time. I don't remember a team like this one that has calm feet, does the outlet passing. Even when they they have some wobble, they don't panic and run around and even the forwards are helping do you remember a, a team with this kind of structure for this prolonged period in the last thing, 15 years? you know the only time i can really do that is that three period of immediate but that was probably the calmest the oilers have looked on the defensive side in quite some time. So to see them level up even a little bit more this year under Paul Coffey's tutelage has been really interesting to watch. I mean, to put another way, we Shot are clock at six, on James on Doncic. After, you know, what was an up and down start for him. Darnell Nurse is, I would argue, playing some of the best hockey we've seen from him lately. I think that's the screen. Sharp draws tight as he goes onto his heels. He's out of control. As well. 
I mean, maybe he's probably not a guy you'd want on your first pair in generally speaking, but he's getting the job done right now. So I also think that everybody's elevating their game right now. And it's fun to watch. Like if you had told me when Vinny DeHarnay first came up, he would now be playing. I never really saw that coming. And I don't think Sarkozy would be doling out those minutes to guys unless he thought that they could handle it, unless that he saw that they were able to perform well under the circumstances. So I think that, you know, I think that there's a confident group back there. I think the structure that Chris Knobloch and Paul Coffey have instilled is, is, is working for them. And they're playing loose. Early in the year, they weren't playing loose. I, and I, when I say loose, I, I mean they're just going out there to play hockey. I'm not. They're not making the mistake. They're not gripping the stick and white knuckling it. So and they're, they're, even the things that are, you know, can be a target. Like I know a lot of people are uh, upset about contract and his productivity. But you know, his his shot share is fifty four percent. His expected goal share is fifty percent. His actual goal share when he's on the ice five on five is twenty three percent. But that regression will take care of that, and we know. He's getting chances, and maybe he's shooting the puck too much and not waiting for opportunities. But this is a guy who's coming from a long way back, and I don't know that I'd be as patient as the orders are being with him, but there are good signs, there are good underlying numbers, even on a guy like Connor Brown. Yeah, I mean, I'm with you in the sense that I don't know how much leash he would still have to play in the top six unless he starts producing. I, I, it's a tough sell to have a guy. Giannis brings it across, gets the screen from Brooks. Giannis in and out, triple. I think that I'd be more concerned. I mean, I am concerned, but I'd be more concerned if he wasn't getting the chances. We saw the goal get disallowed the other night. We saw that he had some good looks. He has a goal bank in off him or he scores a greasy one or maybe like Ryan McLeod, he dumps one into an empty net and it kind of relieves the pressure <laughs> that he's obviously putting on himself right now. I bet just that first one going in is going to go a long way for Connor Brown. He's not going to hit the heights that I was hoping for when he was coming in as a free agent, but uh, maybe that's my fault for expecting so much with that much time off. So I, I think Connor Brown just, he needs one in the worst way and it doesn't matter how it comes, whether someone banks it off his butt or whether he scores a beauty. I just think he really needs to get that first one and then he'll be off to the races. The uh, uh, reports from Tony Brar today, he said it's optional skate for Edmonton based off rushes yesterday. He has Dreisaitl with Janmark and Fogel, McLeod with Kane and Brown, and then the top line and the fourth line remaining the same. Would you be shocked if they ran that tonight? No, because it, it was an interesting flip by Chris Knobloch against Chicago, right? I thought that was a really interesting flip of Leon and uh, Ryan McLeod. And Leon scored almost immediately after that happened. I mean, you got to give an honorary hat tip to Nikita Zaitsev for the beautiful tip in front of the net. But ultimately, it was productive, so I wouldn't be surprised at all. I think that what I like most about Chris Knobloch right now is he's providing consistency. He doesn't want to change his lines outside of, you know, putting Connor and Leon together after a PK, which I actually like. But he's letting the boys kind of find something together, and the fourth line's working. Sammy Gagne is coming in. He's he's looking like Papa Oiler right now, and we all love it. And then the first line is arguably one of the best in hockey right now. So I like the patience he's having with his line combos and the hopes that he can find some chemistry. But 
to your to your point and directly to your question, I wouldn't be surprised at all if if he gets the flip there. Warren Fogel is playing some good hockey right now. With a little bit of luck, he'd probably have more goals than he does. Um, but he's going to be somebody that can play with Leon, and he's going to be somebody that can retrieve pucks for him. And I, I don't know that that's the ideal winger for Leon Drysaddle, but I think that it's probably a better option today. So I wouldn't be surprised at all, no. Bagnell joining us on Sports 1440. Bagnell is from Oilers Nation. Let me ask you this. If you had to, like, say, okay, this one was better or hotter than the other one, would you say the 2019-20 line of Yamamoto, Nuge, Dreisaitl ran hotter than the current line of Nuge, Hyman, McDavid? Or is it too difficult to make that comparison? I mean, that one, the, when Yamamoto got recalled, I think that was shortly before New Year's Eve, if I remember correctly. Yes, that was. line was hot as a pistol down the stretch. Yeah. So that one was one of those ones where they almost caught lightning in a bottle. And it was fun to watch those three do their thing. And they had obvious chemistry. And then for some reason, the coaching staff didn't really go back to it the next season. So it was interesting to see that one. But to answer this year's first line, I just think this is going to be the better trio of players, but specifically because Connor McDavid is going supernova again, and he's going to be averaging two points a game here over the stretch. And when he is playing the way he is and he looks healthy and he's got the jump in his step and his hands are keeping up to the processor he's got upstairs, it's hard to argue that a, a line with that guy centering it wouldn't be better than the rest. So if I had to vote, if I had to pick, I'm going to go with the Nuge McDavid Hyman. They've got a lot of chemistry right now. Hyman is scoring goals in bunches. Connor's scoring goals and uh, goals in bunches the way we want to see him. If Nuge can get a little bit more touch, and we saw him score a beauty against Chicago, if he can start to pick up the goal scoring a little bit to match what he's doing on the assist side, that trio is going to be very, very dangerous, and they could be for a long time. I asked this question to McCurdy yesterday. I want to ask you as well, how many goalies in this organization would you start ahead of Jack Campbell in an NHL game? Well, right now, easily the two. Um, I, I think that Stu's obviously he's our he's our starter right now. Calvin Pickard played tremendously well against the Devils on the weekend. I think that he's deserved a little bit of extra leash with his play. I mean, he hadn't played in two and a half weeks, and to come in and put a performance in like that against a very skilled New Jersey team is not something that we should just be ignoring. So, the bigger question I kind of have is. When did Olivier Rodrigue get more of a chance down with the Condors? I understand the business sense of playing Campbell every night down there, but Olivier Rodrigue's stats are sparkling at the AHL level. And at the end of the day, they are trying to develop some players down there. So my bigger question is not necessarily who should be playing a net for the Oilers, but who should be playing a net for the Condors? Yeah. I, I, I think that because he's played so well, and I know that Jack Campbell's trying to get back to the NHL, but but development does have to, have, you know, play a, a a factor at some point in time. They're just going to have to play Rodrigue more. They just are. Um, so, what's the plan if the Oilers get to the nine in a row? Is there is there a parade down uh, Oilers Nation? You know, at least around the building. I think you know we can do a, 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 some fist pumps up and down the stairs as we go down to the cafe and maybe get ourselves a nice, delicious, fresh scone from Bread and Butter. But I think that nine would be great. I'd love to see them set the record, though. Hmm. They've never had 10. I want 10. It's a, We want 10. We want the chance going up in the crowd. We've got a couple of tough games here, though I do think that both Tampa and Florida, Florida are beatable for the Oilers, given the way they're playing right now. But at the same point, 
there are no gimmies in this league. This is the best hockey league on the planet. And they're going to have to play tight because there were times against Chicago where I thought the Oilers were a little bit loose, especially early on. And some of the giveaways were kind of, you know, not something you'd like to see. They were a little bit sloppier than you'd like. And fortunately for Edmonton, outside of Connor Bedard, the Chicago team just couldn't really take advantage of those opportunities. I don't think that's the case with Tampa and Florida. So they got to make sure that they're also dialed in on their details as well. But I see a path to 10 games, but ultimately it starts tonight against Tampa. They got to avenge the loss from Tampa Bay a couple of weeks ago when they had the two goal lead early and then they ended up coughing it up as the game rolled along. So if they can play angry, like they did against the Carolina hurricanes, but only a couple of games ago, then I think we're in good spot here. I think we're in good shape. So I can see the path to 10, but obviously we got to start with nine. Thanks for this. Appreciate it.